Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is Dawn Klinghoffer, Vice President of the HR Business Insights team over at some company called Microsoft. Uh, Her responsibilities include advanced people analytics and research for Microsoft's business units globally, including ownership of the employee listening systems, as well as analytics and reporting support for HR programs, including global diversity and inclusion, global HR services, talent management, and learning and development. She's a busy person. The the team's work has been published in HBR, HBR, yes, uh, New York Times, Forbes, and other news journals. And of course, as of now, it's super famous because it's also going to be in the HR Gazette. Dawn has been at Microsoft for over 20 years and has held positions in HR and in finance. Basically, she's been there, seen it, done it, and that's why she's on the show today. Hey, Dawn, welcome to the HR Chat Pod. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. Okay, so beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit more about yourself? I have been leading people analytics at Microsoft for uh, about 20 years. And 20 years ago, people analytics didn't really exist. So we didn't call it that. And we didn't really know exactly what we were doing, but we knew that we had a wealth of information at our fingertips. We were lucky to have a, a data warehouse at that time. And we knew that there were a lot of insights for us to learn from all of this data. This episode of the HR Chat Podcast is sponsored by Access Perks, America's largest and HR-friendliest employee discount program. At Access Perks, we help workers stretch their paychecks by hundreds, even thousands of dollars on food, clothing, auto repair, travel, family fun, and a lot more. With over a million providers to choose from, no other employee discount program comes close to delivering more savings in more communities throughout America. Request your free trial membership today at accessperks.com slash hrchat. That's accessperks.com slash hrchat. So how is people analytics changing HR at Microsoft and improving the employee experience then? And maybe as part of that answer, you can also suggest how has Microsoft been using data to navigate hybrid work and employee well-being? We've been doing this for quite a while, and I would say that uh, over the past 20 years, we've definitely seen uh, a transformation of how HR works. So HR traditionally has been very much focused on on their gut and and kind of truly uh, the the art side of HR. And while uh, the art is still very very important, I think that it's uh, it's much more impactful when you take the art and the science, so that you can look at exactly what is going on through the lens of data and have that data inform the different decisions that you're making. And so in our HR organization, we spend millions of dollars on programs for our employees. And so being able to get a really good read exactly what's going on helps to spend the money where it matters most. And so uh, with that, obviously, we've played a, a pretty big role in understanding our employee sentiment throughout the, the last 
several years. Uh, we've had an employee engagement survey for many, many years, for as long as, as I've worked at Microsoft. But I would say it's become even more critical in the last several years. And, and even before COVID, it was super important for us to understand what is going on, not on a yearly basis. You know, many companies have the, the kind of huge annual engagement survey and that's that's the only way that they listen to employees and and about seven years ago when Satya Nadella took over as CEO and we were embarking on a culture change we realized that we needed to understand uh, this this culture change on a more regular basis and that's when we really got serious about employee listening and created a, a daily pulse survey where we pulse uh, we now pulse employees, 2,500 employees every business day. And we ask questions about culture, leadership, strategy. And throughout the pandemic, we were asking them specific questions uh, to really understand uh, if they were feeling productive, how their work-life balance was, if their their managers were helping them prioritize, and, and other questions just to understand what was on their mind. If you're enjoying this episode of the HR Chat Show by HR Gazette, why not subscribe and get the latest episodes delivered straight to you several times each week? And remember, for the latest articles and interviews related to what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com. So a bit of a follow-on from the last answer then. You've, uh, you've said previously that thriving is the new North Star for companies. Can you explain a bit about why Microsoft has switched focus a little bit from measuring employee engagement, perhaps in the old sense of, of, of the term, and instead is measuring employees thriving. Yes. So thriving is the new North Star that we are using at Microsoft. And, and while we continue to want to understand if our employees are engaged, thriving is just a higher bar that we have decided to look at. And uh, that that really came um, in the past few years where we were looking at our annual engagement survey and, and our scores were largely positive, yet there were, you know, quite a few um, kind of anecdotal sentiment and like feedback from employees where things weren't as rosy as they seemed in the survey. And we really needed to uncover that and understand, are we asking the right questions? If, if we're not able to really identify the areas that need to be uh, need to be adjusted, is there a higher bar that we need to look at? And that's when we started doing research around what is that higher bar? And we were influenced uh, a lot with external research, uh, kind of thriving is the opposite of languishing, which a lot of people, specifically Adam Grant, was talking about during the pandemic. Um, and, and we really wanted to understand at Microsoft, what would it mean to thrive? Okay. Uh, I want to get into the semantics a bit more around this terminology with you. So you said a moment ago that thriving um, is, is the opposite of languishing. Therefore, I'm, 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 I'm thinking in my mind that thriving is, is a high bar of performance level, okay? Um, whereas when I think about terms such as employee engagement, that covers a perhaps uh, a, a bigger array of emotions and, and, and levels of um, connection with an organization and, within, and with a particular role. So for you, what, what, does, what does thriving mean? And, and what does it mean at Microsoft? And, and how do you measure that? Yes, and you, um, you're very astute that, that that 
exactly what you just said. That was uh, what we were after. And at Microsoft, we define thriving to be energized and empowered to do meaningful work. And that is our new core aspiration that we have for our employees, one that challenges us to push ourselves every day so that every employee can feel like they're doing that sense of purpose. And so thriving isn't just about what we've just been through for the past uh, few years. Um, it, it's really about bringing our best selves to work every single day. And so uh, one of the things that, that we looked at is when employees were thriving, what are they talking about? And what we saw is they're talking about having a collaborative work environment and, and working together seamlessly, having an inclusive culture with autonomy and flexibility to, to work when and how they work best, and then also having support for well-being. So that, that's really what, it, what, it, what it's about. Okay, I'm still not entirely sure about this concept of thriving. Is, is it okay if an employee is not thriving? Is it okay if, if they're they're doing their job well, um, but maybe they're not they're not on their A game? Some days they are, other days they aren't. Because we're, we're all humans at the end of the day. It's, it's it's nice to be aspirational to thrive. But my question for you is: Is, is that normal? Is, is it okay if if we're we're below the, the level of thriving? Oh, absolutely. No one is going to thrive every single day. Okay, that I think that would be uh, probably impossible to thrive every day. As you said, people have their up, up times and their down times. And, and that is okay. But I think what's most important is to understand what are the different conditions that make you thrive? Okay, and and what are the things that that make you not thrive and how do you work to to remove those obstacles so that you are thriving more than you are not thriving? How do employee listening systems and data help leaders then understand the struggles and the current mindsets of employees? And maybe as part of that, you can also suggest how has the role of people analytics changed over the last couple of years over at Microsoft? So I'll start with the first question. Employee listening systems really help our leaders because our leaders can get access to the information. Okay, so our, our thriving, our employee signal survey that measures thriving, that, that survey we, we do twice a year. And the results of that survey, if you're a manager and you have five or more respondents, you get the results of that information so that you can really understand what it is that your employees are looking for and where can you, where can you work with them to improve the employee experience. Because here's the other thing, this, this employee signals survey, this is not uh this is not all about the leader to solve. This is employee experience. This is about the teams coming together and having conversations about how they work best and how they work best together. And so this really is a way to bring groups together and, and talk about what makes their explore experience better or worse. And how can they, as I said before, how can they remove those obstacles so that they can all thrive together? Uh, in terms of the role of people analytics and how that's changed over the last couple of years, I think the biggest change that we've seen is that Microsoft is now in the people analytics business, if I, if I could coin it that. Uh, we now have 
employee experience products to help folks, uh, help companies really understand their own employee experience. So we have products such as Viva and Glint and, uh, and then even technology products that help enable um, empowering leaders and managers to, um, to see their own data like Power BI. And so I think that's the biggest change that I've seen, not just that people analytics is a critical component of not just the HR organization, but of the company at large. It's, it's really, we're, we're in the business now and we really wanna help our customers do the same. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let's switch things up a wee bit here. Uh, I'd like to challenge you in 60 seconds or less to answer the following. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the importance of employee trust in creating and sustaining a data-driven culture and people analytics function? And before we do, let me just add a little bit more context to that when we use the word trust. Some people don't like to be monitored. Uh, maybe maybe some people perhaps uh, they, they, they they cater their answers to particular surveys and 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 you, know, you, you mentioned Pulse earlier on. Um, maybe that's an issue with trust. I don't know. Over to you in sixty seconds or less. Okay, awesome. I love this question. Trust is the foundation of a successful analytics program. So, in my opinion, people analytics is a privilege. It's not a right. A really good people analytics function knows how to be innovative without eroding employee trust. It's easy to come up with lots of innovative ideas, but harder to ensure that sustaining employee trust is considered. What I like to say is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so the three components of building trust are transparency, purpose, and value, at least in, in my opinion. Geez, I should have tried to challenge you in under 30 seconds. That was that was very succinct, but an excellent answer. Congratulations. Um, two more questions for you before we do wrap up for today. And the next one, take your time. No, not so much of a rush. Uh, it is as follows. Are there any workplace trends that you've been noticing? And with, with a look to the future, especially as it relates to flexible and hybrid work, Dawn, uh, what kind of metrics or analyses are you thinking about and excited to explore? So in terms of the workplace trends, I mean, I think that at every company around the globe is trying to figure out this whole notion of hybrid. Okay, uh, now that, you know, uh, offices are open, do people come back to the workplace? Do people work from home? Is it everywhere in between? And what and and what are our different companies' stances on that? Do they do they dictate that there's certain days that everyone comes in the office? Uh, you know, at, at, at Microsoft, we're not the same company that we were prior to the pandemic. We've hired lots of people all over the globe. And, and during the pandemic, we let people work remotely. It wasn't that everyone needed to move to our headquarters. And so it's just, we, we have to think differently. We have to think differently about how we work in the future. And so, uh, you know, you asked about what I'm excited to explore. Uh, the, the, the most, uh, I think the most important work that we're doing right now is really understanding when in-person matters. Okay, and, and understanding the moments that matter for people to come together in person, whether they are uh, co-located. Um, so teams, there are teams that are co-located and there are dispersed teams. And there, what are the moments that matter where we fly people in to be together? Because it's really critical and it really leads to a better outcome. And so that's the work that I'm really most excited to explore. I am very, very, very interested, Dawn, in, in your findings. And um, I feel like I'm going to be pestering you for a follow-up 
interview very soon because that's the question of the day isn't it how important it is. is is in person and and yeah. uh, I, I i ask this question of so many people at the moment and nobody quite knows but i suspect you you're gonna have the answers so uh, uh watch this space for a follow-up email from me for another interview soon for sure but for now uh before we do wrap up how can our listeners connect with you whether that's linkedin maybe you want to share your email address maybe you're super cool and you're all over tiktok who knows and of course how can they learn more about all the cool work that you're doing over at microsoft so definitely the best way to keep up with me is through LinkedIn. And so uh, you can look me up, Don Klinghoffer. I am not cool enough to have TikTok that I save that for my daughters. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I look forward to, um, to following up with you, Bill. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, Dawn. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.